Alrighty, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talking With Our Mouths Full. I'm Nangyeon Nguyen. And I'm Michael Chan. And today I walked 59 minutes from the parking spot that I borrowed from a friend of mine to get to Russell and Still, which is at 605 Bloor Street West, which is on Bloor, just west of Bathurst in the Koreatown area. An area that honestly, when I lived in downtown Toronto, I wish I visited a lot more. <laughs> but anyways, walking into Russell and Still, which is a Vietnamese cafe, I can see that the decor is really, really nice. It's kind of minimalistic, but there are a lot of, a lot of live plants here. Yeah, and you can tell they're real. If you stay here long enough, you'll see people water them. <laughs> so, speaking of which then, uh, I'm guessing you've been here, because this is yeah. my first time. Yeah. yeah, I've been here a okay. few times, yeah. Mostly, I've, like, I came here the first time mostly out of curiosity, because I have never heard of a Vietnamese cafe in my life, and this one caters to a more, I guess, modern audience, And whereas like the other cafes and restaurants I've been to that are Vietnamese, it caters more to like the immigrants and refugees, so it's like, basically selling Asian food to Asian people, whereas um, Russell and Still, for me, I feel like it's like selling Asia to everybody. And so that's what makes it really unique. Mm -hmm. And so it's open in 2018, so it is officially one year old. Wow. And the co-owners are, um, are a married couple, Tri Ngo and Hang Yu, who are actually straight from Vietnam, and they met during their university days here in Toronto. Oh, and from what we could find online, they both wanted to open a cafe to offer something different, more of like a reintroduction of Vietnamese coffee to this market. They also wanted to pay tribute to their Vietnamese heritage. For example, their beans are directly sourced from Vietnam, and they also offer Vietnamese sandwiches called banh mi and other fine Vietnamese desserts. Yeah, good pronunciation, Michael. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so yeah, banh mi. But yeah, so not only do Michael and I like to support local stores, Russell still also has their own cause. So they've partnered up with a nonprofit organization called Philanthrop, and it aims to ensure that a large portion of the proceeds goes back to the farmers. So whenever you buy from oh, Russell wow. and Still coffee beans, you're actually giving back to an indigenous group that actually like, you know, harvested the beans and everything. That is so cool. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to learn more about what they do, you can actually find them online. Their uh, Instagram game is really, really good. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. It's at at Russell and Still. They also have a website, russellandstill.com. So, Nightingale, yes. I looked at their menu and I just had to order... Everything. <laughs> I wanted to order everything, but I ended up with the, the deluxe uh, Russell and Still sandwich. Yeah. Which is an assortment of jambon, roasted ham, homemade chicken, liver pate, and mayo served yeah. on a sesame baguette. Yeah. French baguettes. <laughs> with pickled oh carrot, cucumber, and cilantro. Now, when my wife and I went to Vietnam, we had just so much banh mi. It's just, I it's love so banh mi. It's so filling. And it's it so, like, affordable, too. It is. It's so cheap over there. So coming back here, like, we've only been able to find one place over on the East End. Oh, really? That serves anything, even remotely, like, what we had in Vietnam. Oh, wow. That's I mean, crazy. You, you'll never expect to get something that's exact, right? Like yeah, ingredients over obviously. here, different food standards. A lot yeah, is different. Yeah, the quality is different for sure. So like looking at my sandwich here, my bun here, it looks, obviously it looks more modern. Yeah, as, looks really decadent uh, too. But, see, And then the wrapping too. Yeah, but, uh, oh, that is, oh, that's not ours. Oh, that's not it. All right. But yeah, like looking at it, I'm, I'm excited because um, it's fresh ingredients and it has the pate. Yeah, and also it's wrapped in like 
a really nice little newspaper and also a nice little like weaved basket. Uh, yeah, a lot of places, a lot of places where I've had banh mi in the city, oddly enough, don't have the pate. Really? As an option. But it's such a yummy part. And, and, and like basically everywhere my wife and I went in Vietnam, whenever they had banh mi, at least, that is at least an option, at minimum. Yeah. So I was I was surprised that over here there wasn't a lot of places serving the pate, but yeah. this has the pate. Anyways, let me yeah take a bite take a into bite. that. Yeah. Oh, that sounds that's that sounds really good. Yeah, take another bite of that, Michael. Mm. Take another bite. My bite was too big. I'll take another one. I just swallow this one first. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, this is this is really good. Like really, really good. And what I really like wow. is that it's so small, but it's also very savory. Like, and it's also like very filling for what it is. Because I've seen like really big subs before, and then I would eat them, and I would just go like, well, I can just go for like a full-on like second twelve-inch. You, you call this? You call this small? Yeah. Like this is not a six-inch. This is well, I mean, it's more like a what, an eight-inch? But it, it still looks pretty. Look, size small. doesn't matter. Okay, size it, look, doesn't matter. It looks matter. so filling. It's okay. So good. It's about the taste. Yeah. It's about how it feels in your mouth. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I have the masala chai, and what's really awesome is that they make it look really pretty by putting all the cinnamon in one location, and then just give it a nice little stir. And yeah, it's really good. So, oh yeah, and also you can also buy the beans. Like, you can buy a pack of the beans from the store too. Yeah, I noticed that at the yeah. front. Uh, and also their teas too, all sourced from Vietnam. All sourced from didn't, uh, didn't you mention that they sourced from farmers? Yeah, indigenous farmers. Indigenous farmers? Yeah, in Vietnam. Right. Yeah, okay. like the tribe is called the Coho tribe. I can't really pronounce it because I've tried to find the pronunciation, but mm -hmm. I think it's Coho tribe. I don't really know. Well, it's really cool that yeah. they're uh, they're sourcing it directly. Mm -hmm. like when we were over there, we had my wife and I had. I'm, I'm pronouncing this right. Trung Nguyen, Trung Nguyen, coffee. Okay. Went to their like main store. And it was just so good, so we bought like so many bags of coffee, gave them as gifts when we came back, drank most of it really quickly. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I also ordered their Vietnamese coffee that comes with condensed milk. Now, when we were in Vietnam, the way they served it to us over there was they had this already kinda... pre-dripped, right? No, 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 no. We actually had the coffee, like beans and everything, inside this oh, silver cup thing on top of oh, the mug. Oh, yeah. And there's like thing. holes in the bottom. So anyways, the, the coffee then drips into your mug, yeah. which our cup, which has the condensed milk in it already. And then you mm. stir it afterwards, right? Oh, so yeah, here that's at Russell Still, they've already done all the dripping. It's pre-dripped. And then it's on top of the condensed the milk. I'm just going to... Yeah, give it a nice stir. Give it a nice stir to get the, the milk into my coffee. But yeah, I haven't had proper Vietnamese coffee since that vacation, so it's been a few years. Oh, really excited. In case some of you don't know, Vietnamese coffee is actually very, very strong. So it if is. you like that really strong stuff, then I definitely would recommend like just take it really slow first and then let the flavors come because it has a very nice aromatic flavor. And that's why it's actually so good with the condensed oh my god. This yeah, with the condensed milk. This is amazing. Well, yeah, that's why you need the condensed milk, yeah. right? Because it kind of evens out the, the bitterness of it. Yeah. And holy crap, it is so good here. Yeah. Also, oh, random fact, the wow. reason why they use condensed milk is because, like, back in the day, Vietnam, it was, like, a very, very poor country. So, like, to get sugar and milk, it's better to just preserve it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, can't re that. so you can't get it fresh. So that was, like, what happened back in the day. And now it's become a signature staple of the Vietnamese coffee. Mm. 
And did you get a dessert? Yeah, I got a caramel flan, and what's really cool is that they put a really nice espresso drizzle on top, so it's got a really nice little kick to so it. So is this, is this a Vietnamese dish? Because it looks suspiciously similar to a Japanese purin. Uh, this is like, it's like a mix of like European because like um, the French came over and introduced a lot of things to Vietnamese culture So it's kind of like a giant mixture. It's also like it's very easy to make especially when You don't have access to like a lot of kitchen ingredients back in the day So it's like this is just you just literally steam it with milk and eggs Right? Yeah. Yeah, so give it uh, a good try and then near you 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 go sharing is caring And I'll just remove this little mint yeah, grab that nice drizzle. Mm. Right? So that, it's not overly sweet, which is perfect for it's me. It's got that nice espresso. Like, yeah, no, this, uh, it tastes just like a, I love Japanese purin, so, uh, or Japanese pudding. And this tastes just like it, which, I, it's so good. Yeah. Wow. So my wife is going to be happy because she likes to find places in Toronto to have this type of pudding. So yeah. now that I know to come here and get the flan. Yeah. The flan or the flan. Yeah. Like I used to make this all the time at home, but then you I was just... You made this at home? Yeah, because like you just steam it. Like from scratch or did you buy... Well, I, I would have... If I made it from scratch, I'd have to kidnap some chickens and like, you know, be like, Give me some eggs! No! <laughs> Find them at a supermarket, you know? Yeah, you know. So basically you just get some eggs, you mix it with milk, a few other ingredients, then you just whip it all together. And then also like, you have to like burn some sugar to get that nice like base right here. Oh. And then you just put everything in, and then you can either bake it or steam it. Okay, well, you're going to have to teach my wife and I how to make this because mm. yeah, she loves it so much mm -hmm. that uh, I think mm -hmm. it would be yeah, good for us to Grab some more. Grab whenever you feel like them. That's why I wanted much. to bring some to get some dessert because I know you'd like them. Right, so now, it's not so sweet. <laughs> I think that's our taste preference. Not too sweet. Not too sweet, yeah. And not, and not just like not overly rich either. Yeah. Which is, this is perfect because mm -hmm. it's light and fluffy. Mm -hmm. Just the way I like, like my pudding. So while I'm trying to finish this very large 8 to 10 inch <laughs> banh mi here, yeah. uh, let's take a bite into a very, very fun topic. We've been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah. Uh, it's Jessica Jones, Jessica season Jones. three. Yeah, it's and crazy. And also the final Marvel Netflix season. Yeah, I can't believe it. Like, I remember like a few months ago, they said that they were canceling all the Netflix shows, and I saw the announcement that Jessica Jones was canceled. So I was like, okay. It's done. That's sad. And then all of a sudden it was like, season three is coming out. And I'm like, what, wait, 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 what? I thought that we were done. There's a season three? What? No way. Yeah, even for me, like, I'm usually pretty on the ball with, with uh, nerdy TV mm -hmm. shows, but I don't know how I didn't know there would be a season three. So this totally took me by surprise. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, there's one more. Mm -hmm. There's one more before Marvel uh, ends up on Disney, what, Disney Plus streaming service? Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. And what I really liked about season three was that it wasn't really about like building up the, from the next season. It was more about creating a social commentary about being a hero and being a villain. And it's just like this really beautiful social commentary. And also like, you know, um, Trish and her mother was, they were, they were both more involved in the show. And I just really like how there was like this really big social commentary about things and mm -hmm. how it didn't really have to tie and say goodbye to anything, but it, they just wanted to like talk about a certain topic without really talking about it. Well, I mean, I don't know if I would say that because I found that the exploration of what makes a hero a hero and what makes a villain a villain in this season 
wasn't just a, a social commentary. I felt it was almost like uh, a discussion, really, mm -hmm. of every single Marvel Netflix show that has oh, come before. That's a good discussion. Because when you're you're looking at the way to handle the basically the definition of what is a hero mm -hmm. in this season, mm -hmm. really it makes you think back to like Daredevil, to Iron Fist, to Luke Cage, and all of their arcs, their story arcs, so even mm -hmm. Jessica herself, and you go, you know, what made them heroes and what made their villains villains as well. But like what blew my mind with this discussion that they're having about heroes and villains is just all the subtleties and all the different ways they handled it. Like if you look yeah. at uh, if you look at all the heroes, right? You have Jessica Jones, the the character who didn't want to be a hero, but you know sees something bad happening, and she goes, "Well, I have these powers. Somebody's got to do something. Yeah. I guess might as well be me." But she really just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Yet you have Trish, who you know gained powers and is saying, "Well." I want to do that. I want to be a hero. So yeah. you don't deserve to be a hero. I deserve to be a hero. But she turns out to be a villain instead yeah. because she's so self-centered. Uh, I found it interesting that Malcolm, you know, has noble intentions, has noble aspirations, yet dirtying himself enough that really he was <laughs> becoming vile. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> right? And, and you just look at all of that and then you have you have the the other side, right? You have Salinger, who's like you thought would be like the only villain and the main villain, and he was in a way the main villain. But then, basically, almost everyone end up being a villain, right? In like way, even yeah. even Eric. Think about him, right? Him and his little villain meter. That's his powers. He's a guy who has these powers. He therefore knows that something is wrong, but he doesn't want to do something about it or should I say he doesn't want the responsibility and doesn't do something about it. So he's, he's kind of like Jessica, but instead of doing what she does, which is like, I'll do something about it, he doesn't do anything, which in a way makes him a villain, if you think about it. Yeah, and also like, he does kind of have a point, like he can't really can't do anything about it because he does become like very, very like paralyzed when he can't, but at the same time, like you said, like he does become the bystander because he kind of just points it out as it is. But he can, well, the thing is, yeah, he can't do it himself, but a hero, finds a way, yeah. right? And he never did try to do that. Yeah, but instead he just gets off after Trish, like, you know, beheads them one by one, basically. And a part of me is like, oh, I see why. I see why you feel a sense of clarity, but at the same time, dude, you're enjoying it a little too much here. Yeah, so <laughs> speaking of Trish and her mom, wow, they really explored their relationship. Yeah, they did. She's broken. Trish is broken. Well, I think like that's one of the problems, even like with our industry, like we've probably seen it a few times where you have show moms who like push their kids into the industry and even if their kid didn't really want to do it, it's like you make them think like they were supposed to do it. And I've mm -hmm. seen parents do that and, and then they say, oh yeah, my other kid doesn't want to do it. And then they actually put their other kid into the business too. And it kind of scares me. I found it interesting the way they handled Dorothy just because usually when you have these kind of storylines where you have that abusive parent and they come back in, there's so many stereotypical ways they could have gone with it, right? The, and in a way, they did for a while with you know her hating her mom and then her mom trying to get back in the or Everything is hunky-dory by the end of it, right? Yeah. It didn't go that way. Things were always kind of like up and Still. down, up and down. Mm -hmm. And then she died and I mean, at the end of the day, she's a villain too. Yeah. 
right? But what, what she was did. really interesting was that Dorothy had different methods of trying to get to her daughter, which was very interesting. Like every season was a new way to get back into Trisha's life. And every new way, she at the end, she was still going to be a mother. Like if anything were to happen to Trish, her mother mode kicks on. Like forget about like the star mom. It's more like I am going to be a mom. Yeah, it does, doesn't take away all the damage she does to yeah. her. Even, even as an adult, right? Her. Yeah, when we saw flashbacks of her adult years. Yeah, it's insane, but I feel like it was just a really good like exploration of that. I really like how the the TV show has is able to bring out like these small like little characters, but then somehow make them very significant. Like this is why these small characters have influenced these bigger characters' lives, and this mm -hmm. is why they are a part of the bigger picture. And that's what I really like about season three is this how like they created a conversation and it was like very different from like the typical Marvel formula, which is like, here's a big villain, we're gonna fight it. It's more like here, we're gonna talk about something and you decide mm. what's going on. And what, what, because of this, almost a change in pace and change in format and them knowing it's their final season ever, or, I, feel I guess like for now. I feel like they didn't even care that this was like their final Marvel Netflix. It was more like, we're here to tell a story. Mm -hmm. We're here to talk about something. But you know what that got rid of? what I like to call the, the Marvel Netflix slump. Um, so I've always felt that Marvel Netflix shows should not be 13 episodes, they should be 10. Because there's inevitably gonna be two to three episodes where something happens and it just drags out. Mm -hmm. Just so they can fill the time to get to 13. Like with Luke Cage uh, when he was injured and then he had to go and find a way to heal himself. Mm -hmm. or, even season one of Jessica Jones, which I do find to be a better season. Like, I like that season better than season three. It still suffered from that one period where uh, Kilgrave's parents were stuck in that cage, right? Mm -hmm. That section drew, like, just was drawn out so long that I was like, really? Really? We're still here? And this happens in every single, without fail, every single Marvel Netflix show will have a slump. But this one surprised me because it never had a song. Like every time I was like, it's coming, it's coming. Oh, oh, this just happened. And there, well, as a good example, when Jessica gets captured by Salinger, I thought, oh, this is going to be it. He's going to go and mind torture her for, for two episodes. Nope. Everything gets resolved quickly and honestly took, took me by surprise because like I'm usually really good at predicting how mm -hmm. shows will go. Yeah, I and think a lot of my predictions actually did not happen. So yeah, kudos. I think it's because I focus more on the conversation and the message rather than like the overall like story of like the big boom, like the big like wow factor. It was more like this is what we want to say, and they really focused on this is what we're gonna say. This is how we're gonna say it, and I think that's like. A very, that's why I really respected the season because it was so different and they really wanted to show something. Like they didn't care like, oh boo, this is our final thing. We're, we should make a big like bang. It was more like, well, we're yeah. still gonna tell a story. And they were willing to move forward yeah. at a proper pace and keep that pace going every single episode without yeah. fail. And to me, that's, that, that's a sign of really, really strong writing. Mind you, that's not to say there's stuff uh, that, that there Before. was stuff that bothers me. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that there, there wasn't stuff that bothers me. As a good example, um, I honestly just wasn't really compelled by the relationship between Hogarth and Kith. I don't know, just whenever they were on the screen, I just got bored. Yeah. I just didn't care. And I understood the storyline they were going with, how Hogarth got her ALS and then, you know, tried to reach out and, and then 
you know, oh no, Kip's husband's a bad guy, and so look at all the good she's doing, but in the end she ends up alone anyways because of the, the way she lived her life, essentially as a villain who defended villains, she screwed everything up, and, with, and also because she had no regard for the consequences of her actions. But I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good writing, but there's something about that one arc I just did not connect with me personally. I don't know about you. Uh, for me, I felt like it was a good way to explore. And also, like, I don't know, I felt like it was very separate from the show. Like, every time I watched it, I always felt like it was just a different world. And that's why I felt the little disconnect. But at the same time, it was still, in a way, I found it compelling because, like, the, the chemistry was really there. But at the same time, it just didn't fit with the There's something off about season. that arc. Yeah. Just really. But still, I really, then, I, I really like the performances. Then, oh no, the performances are great. Yeah, they were very. They were, they were phenomenal. Yeah. And then I guess the other complaint I would have is, God, I still wish they would use Malcolm a little more. I really like Malcolm. I was just, very curious. Like, I'm just like, I still wonder, like, how did he get there? Like, I understand, I understand why, but it was more like, it's so hard to see him do all that, you know? Because I always saw him as like this really nice season, guy. Right? I think yeah, you're right. His season to season doesn't make sense. Like. His arc during the seasons, within the seasons contained, is fine. But then it's the between seasons that make it a little wet. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just feel like he always, get, as a character, he got the short in the stick every season. Like, think about it. In the first season, I thought I was more interested in him than that weird, almost incestuous brother sister oh, thing. Oh, yeah. You remember them? Yeah. I was like, what, what is going on? By the way, the sister is on The Boys. Oh. Yeah. I almost didn't recognize her at first, but then my wife was like, isn't, isn't that the sister from, from Jessica Jones? I'm like, oh my God. And I'm so happy she got work. Anyways, back to the point. Uh, yeah, like that first season had a brother-sister thing, and I was like, what the hell is going on? Why aren't we getting more of Malcolm? I want to. I want to see more of this guy. And then this season, sure, we got a lot of him. I just felt like it's not enough. Still, and I guess we won't ever get any more. Yeah. So, well, hey, was, is there any, anything else or anything you didn't like? Yeah. Uh, I really like. I don't know. I really enjoyed it overall. Like, I'm. I don't know. I mostly thought about the positives and thinking about the whole Garth thing. I'm just like, that's probably the only thing that I was missing. But I really liked how like. You know, she was scrambling for clients, and then just, and then so she was playing the other side. But then at the same time, I don't know. That was kind of it. So like, I really have no complaints. I, I don't know. Like, the positives really outweighed the negatives for me. Oh well, man, you're yeah. really eating that bun me. I, I love it. It's just too good. Okay, so I would say this is the second best bun me I've had in Toronto, and uh, hopefully we'll get to go to my number one pick Yay. sometime soon. Anyways, what about that ending, that last that last shot? Because I know online, I've seen a lot of controversy over how people feel about Kilgrave's voice coming back and then Jessica turning around. I don't know. It kind of freaked me out. By the same time, really? I felt because like just hearing his voice again. But at the same time, I felt like I think they were going for something very artistic, like an artistic goodbye in a way. It had me. Um, like I was kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I liked it. I, I liked it at the same time, but it was like, it was very artistic and it came out of nowhere and I was kind of like, I feel like the show is just not over. And that's the thing, right? Jessica's story in general is not over. It just will because, never be. Just because the show is over doesn't mean her story just ends like that. And I think 
Yeah, huh? like she's still going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, be even in the TV universe, because I remember in Daredevil they made a reference to her. Except that they're looking to reboot Daredevil. Oh, my heart just broke. Wait, you didn't know about that? No, no, my heart's breaking right uh, now. I just saw oh. some articles pop up. No, they're fake. Are they? I don't know. I'm just going to say they're fake. I'm just not going to believe in it. Like, no, no. I read a bunch of articles. There's tons of rumors about how... They're just rumors. They're not they real. They want to reboot. There's like major talks about rebooting Daredevil into the MCU itself. Then and one of the ways the might, same be, actor. might be to reboot the Daredevil uh, uh, character into a, a show on FX or something. And so now they're selling off, they're auctioning off all of the Daredevil props and costumes from Netflix. And, and that's where all of this is coming from. I, I, I think like, one I'm of the okay showrunners or show writers or show, some, one of them actually oh bought goodness. the season one costume and then there's some weird controversy or fighting online over that. I don't know. Oh my goodness, my but heart anyways, hurts. Yeah. That hurts. But anyways, I just feel like, okay, that last shot to me was, it's almost like it's, it's a farewell, but not goodbye kind of kind of thing. It's like saying, yeah, Marvel Netflix is gone for now. Yeah. But it's not like it's the end of the MCU or mm -hmm. even this particular universe because we all know that Disney streaming is, it's is coming. coming. So who knows what may happen in the future, right? But also, like, I appreciated that Kilgrave's voice. I know some people are like, upset over it because of the, the, I guess, the assault of her by this character. And, and I get that. Like, I absolutely get that. But I also feel like it's almost a throwback, mm -hmm. right? Because he's such an important person to her. He was really well portrayed. I, I don't I really think it's a moment of weakness for her. And I also don't think that he, he somehow compelled her to turn around. Mm -hmm. I think it's more, at least on my, my interpretation, is that he's more of a reminder her thinking of him is more of a reminder that there's always going to be people like him out there. Mm -hmm. It's a reminder to her like, you know what? No, I'm not running away. I'm a hero. Mm -hmm. And her finally fully embracing what she truly is inside. So instead of saying, I, I, I have to help people because who else can mm -hmm. or will? You know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. It's mm -hmm. going to be me. Whatever. And that's what she meets Spider-Man on. <laughs> But yeah, that's our thoughts so far on Jessica Jones season three. Yeah, we would love to hear Your what thoughts. you guys yeah. thought of Jessica Jones season three of the Marvel discussion Netflix. is not over. No, it's not. Uh, we would love to hear what you guys think of the move on over to Disney's streaming service. Yeah, would you get Disney Plus? I don't want to, but probably. Also, back to food. Food. We would love. For any of you who have visited Russell and Still to tell us what you think. Do you have any other places in the city or around the city you would recommend that has good meat and yeast food? Yeah, and also if you've been here, just let us know what you've had or what we should try next time if we want to come back. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like let us know where else we should eat and also yeah, support your local mom and pop shops. And again, for Russell and Still, this place, like if you buy coffee beans from here, you are supporting the local indigenous farmers in Vietnam. So majority of the funds will go back to the farmers. And also this place just turned one. So, and it's been really successful ever since and lots of fun like live plants. So you can always ask if you can help water them too. 
All right, thank you very, very much for listening to us as always. So Nightingale, how can people find you online? Y'all can find me on Instagram at night.nguyen, night.nguyen. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as at MichaelCWChan and on my website at www.michaelchan.ca. And until next time, stay hungry. This has been Talking With Our Mouthful with Michael Chan and Nightingale Nguyen. Theme music by bensound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you join us on Instagram and Twitter at at TWMF Podcast. We have a lot of bonus content like food pics, behind-the-scenes shenanigans, and more info about all the places Michael and Nightingale visit. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. A new episode comes out every two weeks. Thanks again for listening, and stay hungry. <laughs>